For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the All-American Brit Podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I am your host, Johnny McEwen. We're back at it. If you listened last week, you heard us take on all 15 National League teams. And today, I'm rejoined again by Jake Reiner. You can listen to him, of course, on the Meeting on the Mound podcast with Jake Reiner or the Incline Dodgers podcast. But today, you get him right here on the All-American Brit podcast as we take on the other half of the league. American League this week, Jake. You ready to jump back in? I am so ready. I think we had a nice little uh, run with the National League. We kind of get the idea of what we're trying to do here. So let's take on the American League. I've got my Cleveland Indians hat on right now, the big C. I see you're out front of Yankee Stadium. Um, is it cold out there in New York? It looks pretty sunny. You know, it's it's just a Zoom filter of Yankee Stadium behind me, but I'll tell you, it's freezing. The second it popped up behind me, I felt a brisk New York breeze come along with it. Look, uh, <laughs> today's about looking at each club sharing our perspective as just huge baseball fans. We've got no judgment, no bias. We're just talking about how clubs are good and how they can try and get better. Keys to success in 2021. Storylines that we're interested in, players we're following. And then we're going to take a really early stab at how we think the division's going to play out by the end of the season. And if, if last week's anything like this week, we should get right to it. What do you think, Jake? You ready? Yeah, let's do it, Johnny. Then without much further ado, we finished up last week with the National League East. So let's stay out East and work our way back West. The American League East. And let's start with the Baltimore Orioles. I have a few reasons why I'm curious and I'm planning on keeping tabs on the Orioles during the season. What do you think of the Baltimore Orioles, Jake? We refer to fan graphs a lot on this podcast, Johnny. And Fangraphs is not too kind to the Baltimore Orioles. They're giving them a... 0% chance to make the playoffs. I think that's fair, but I don't know if you could give a team a 0% chance. I mean, so it could, you know, who knows what could happen, right? I mean, we've seen flukes before. We saw the uh, Washington Nationals in 2019 start out the year 19 and 31. Everyone remembers that record and then they end up turning it around, getting into the playoffs, beating the Dodgers, going all the way to the World Series and beating the Astros. So, you never say never, but... A bit more of a bull club with the Nationals. <laughs> yeah, with the there, was a, there was a lot year. more there with the Nationals and the Orioles. So I'm not, sure. you know, I, I'm trying to give Baltimore fans, if they're listening, Johnny, there's, a little bit of hope here. I, You said it last weekend, and I and I, I love that moment. Like, you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance, there's a chance for everything, of course. Yeah, well, according to Fangraphs, there is no chance. But <laughs> um, <laughs> So let's take a look at some of these players uh, on the Baltimore Orioles. They have been in rebuild mode for quite some time. I know that uh, Orioles fans are probably frustrated with what's going on there after you know having lost Manny Machado a few years ago uh, at the trading deadline. Just things, their team has been totally dismantled. And they, you know, not too long ago were in the playoffs. So a couple of guys that I'm looking at is we're going to get second looks at Ryan Mountcastle, which is one of their big prospects. Keegan Aiken, uh, who was up briefly in 2020, uh, he had 35 strikeouts in 25 and two-thirds innings. He's one of their studs. And then the, the, the bigger stud is Dean Kramer, or Kramer, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. But in 2020, he generated 22 strikeouts in 18 and two-thirds innings. So uh, a lot of great pieces in place uh, to... Uh, eventually get to a point where they're contenders. Trey Mancini left the ball club in March of last year, uh, colon cancer, and he's coming back and making his return to Major League Baseball. An amazing storyline there. The other big storyline for me is, of course, pitcher Felix Hernandez. Had a legendary yes. career up in Seattle. Uh, was going to go and play with the Braves in 2020. Elected not to play in the shortened season. Of course, so much uh, there was so much unknown going into the 2020 season. He elected not to play. But he's coming back to Baltimore. And if for nothing else, Baltimore will give him playing time. Maybe on a team that's not going to play late into the season. But... Felix is just 
500 strikeouts shy of 3K. 3,000 strikeouts. He's looking for 30 more wins to 200 wins. And those are essentially... He's chasing Hall of Fame numbers and and has come out and said that. And I think that they're that Baltimore is a place to give guys that kind of opportunity uh, at the minute. I think they recognize what they're, they're, where their ball club's at. And I think another person that can reap from that kind of mentality in Baltimore is Chris Davis. Uh, you know, mm. Chris Davis is a fascinating story and of a veteran bat. 53 home runs in 2015. Uh, 2013, excuse me. 47 home runs in 2015. 38 and 16. Just 12 in 2019. The last... For you know big season, so this so there there has been a continual drop. Does Chris Davis, without any kind of pressure on him, come out and have a big season with the Orioles? I, I love I love comeback stories like that, and so that's another storyline I'll be keeping my eye on. Certainly going to be interesting in Baltimore. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Boston Red Sox. Alex Cora will be rejoining them this season. How do you think the Red Sox fare in this competitive AL East, Jake? I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Red Sox. I think that uh, they've had a few down years uh, back to back after winning the World Series in 2018. And, you know, they gave away Mookie Betts and it looked like they were just going south. I mean, and they traded away Andrew Benatendi this offseason, which was sort of a head scratcher to me. Alex Cora is back. They love him as their manager. However you feel about him being the, you know, quote unquote ringleader of the Astros cheating scandal or what uh, people around baseball love him. Um, So he's back in Boston. We're going to get a second year look at Alex Verdugo. And his first year with Boston was pretty impressive. And as, as a Dodgers fan following Verdugo coming up through the system, we all knew what a talent he was. It's just he he didn't, you know, ultimately fit into the plans of the crowded Dodgers outfield. And that's okay. But last year he slashed 308, 367 on base, 478 slugging, 16 doubles, 6 home runs, and 201 at-bats. We're going to get our first look at Kike Hernandez in a Boston Red Sox uniform. He's going to be the starting second baseman for the first time in his career. That was one of the big sticking points in his contract negotiations was, you know, is he going to get a starting role? He found that in Boston. The other day, he hit his first spring training home run. He looks good in a Boston uniform. And, you know, Johnny, there's something about that name Hernandez, which is a pretty long last name. Another long last name comes to mind is Garcia Parra. Both of those guys were wearing number five. And it just there's just something about a Boston uniform with the with the number five on the back and an arching name that kind of covers the entire jersey that just sort of makes sense in Boston. But the Red Sox, um, they're projected to be the third team in the East, uh, 47% chance to make the playoffs. Um, I think it's a little better than that. I think they have a real shot at uh, a wild card spot for sure. But there's a couple other players I want to highlight. But what what are your thoughts on the Red Sox? Uh, I I think third is gonna gonna push. It's gonna be a push for them. I think it's gonna be tough with a with a, a really competitive Jays team, Rays team. We're getting into them in a second. But Xander Bogarts is the the helm of this team. He you know he's a crucial player who has to be performing at peak level. The the Verdugo's slated to lead off. That's just on one of the projected lineups that I've seen. But I think it's an interesting place to tr- potentially have to put him. I, I I see him more of as a three spot guy, but that's just me. There's a lot of there's a lot that has to show up for me in the rotation. Nathan Eovaldi is a guaranteed guy at one, but then Eduardo Rodriguez, Garrett Richards, uh, Martin Perez, and Nick Pavetta is not is not necessarily enough starting pitching for me. Yeah. In a, a in a bat dominated AL East, yeah, definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head there with the starting rotation. There are a lot of question marks. Even Nathan Eovaldi is a question mark. You don't know what he's going to bring to the table. Eduardo Rodriguez, I think, was broken by Yasiel Puig in the 2018 World Series after Puig hit that monster home run off of him. He's just not been the same since then. Um, but I do like the additions that they've made. Um, they they signed, well, they traded for Adam Adovino from the New York Yankees. Um, they'll have uh, Matt Barnes, uh, Josh Taylor in their bullpen, Matt Andres. Um, their bullpen looks pretty solid. And they also signed this reliever from Japan named uh, Hirokazu Sawamura. Uh, say that 10 times fast. 
He's 32. Uh, they signed him to a two-year, $3 million deal. And so he's sort of been like a closer in Japan. Um, he, in 352 career games, he put up a 277 ERA, and he has 75 career saves. I don't think he'll be the closer, per se, in Boston, but the fact that he has closing experience will help that bullpen. Um, I think they're pretty high on him as a, uh, he's a veteran pitcher in Japan. He'll be, quote, will be a quote-unquote rookie uh, coming over to the major leagues but that core you mentioned Johnny which is why I think they can afford to have someone like Verdugo lead off I mean if you look at Bogarts you look at JD Martinez Rafael Devers those are you know three four five easy um I think personally I would bat Kike off at you know especially against lefties but maybe even lefties righties I don't care and bat Verdugo second I think that's a really great one-two punch. You could sort of have those guys uh, interchange based on who starts. Never count out the Red Sox. And like you, like you say, you can't say Red Sox without Yankees. The winningest franchise in all of world sport. You say baseball to many people around the world. The next word that they say is Yankees. The Bronx Bombers. Projections are high for the Yankees. And the expectations always uh, seem to be higher than projections. The Yankees, they're going to have a big 2021, Jake? Everyone thinks they will be. I, I'm. I've actually been the one per. Well, not. I don't know. They're probably more like me out there. But I don't. I'm not as high on the Yankees as everyone else is. Only because th- there are just a lot of injury question marks there for me. And I think that when you take a look at their rotation, Garrett Cole is is a solid number one. I mean, he if by by far and away one of the best pitchers in baseball. So I'm, it's not about him. But they lost Tanaka. Uh, he left the team. He went back home. They signed Corey Kluber, two-time Cy Young Award winner, but he hasn't pitched a full season since 2018. Um, So he is a comeback player of the year candidate, but that is a lot of pressure to put on someone to make that type of recovery, to be dependable. Then the other questions are Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Are those guys going to be healthy? I feel like they're injured every year. They're made of glass. They're huge question marks. Yeah, the the Bombers aren't the Bombers without... (laughs) Judge and Stanton. They're two huge pieces that they've not been able to rely on, which is why they've 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 had a kind of tough stretch in, in recent years. Gleyber Torres for me is one of the most exciting talents in baseball. I, I love the way he hits, I love the way he fields, I love the way he plays baseball. I think that he's just an electric talent that's must watch. Any thoughts additional thoughts on the Yankees, Jake? I think the Yankees desperately needed to shore up their starting rotation. And when you talk about guys like Luis Severino, that's another guy, you know, what are you going to get from him? Um, So that's why I, even though I think the Yankees are going to win this division, I still uh, don't think they're going to be as dominant as uh, everyone thinks they will be. Uh, there, there are projections that they'll, from fan graphs that they'll have the highest scoring offense in Major League Baseball at over almost five and a half runs per game. Now, granted, if everyone's healthy, I totally believe that. But um, like we mentioned with, with Judge and Stanton, um, they also, uh, interesting to note, they added Jay Bruce uh, to a minor league deal. So maybe he'll make the club out of spring training. Who knows? Expectations always high in the Bronx. We will see if they can meet the projections, meet the expectations. A team that always seems to exceed expectations is that of the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes. Uh, Hoping to get back to the World Series. They, of course, lost last year to the Dodgers. How do the Rays pull off another one like they did last season, Jake? Well, much like with the Red Sox, I think even more egregious is with the Rays. Just the disrespect that they're getting right now. This was the, you know, they won the AL pennant last year and they, you know, really gave the Dodgers a run for their money. And yes, they, they lost some key pieces. They lost Blake Snell. They traded him to the Padres. um, And they also lost Charlie Morton. Uh, He signed with the Braves, but they did add some pieces. They did add Chris Archer, um, but they also added Rich Hill, which is interesting. Michael Waka and Colin McHugh. When the Rays come asking about a certain player on another team, and maybe that team doesn't really value that player that well. Similarly with the Dodgers and Andrew Friedman. 
those teams take another look at those players and say, why do the Rays want this guy? Like, why do the Rays want Rich Hill? Why do they want Michael Waka? What, what do they see that we don't see? And that's what you have to that's what you have to consider when you watch the Tampa Bay Rays, is that they know something you don't. They're smarter than you, they've operated on a minimal budget, and they're gonna put a winner together. So when the Rays went out and traded for Randy Arozarena, looks like, you know. Who, who heard of this guy last year and he showed up and started to mash? I mean, those are the types of players that they find, those diamonds in the rough. So I never count out the Tampa Bay Rays. They got a team leader in Willie Adamas. The, the whole club loves that guy, rallies around him. That's your guy at the shortstop. You know, I, I've kind of gotten caught in baseball head think of, you know, well, Rich Hill and Tyler Glass now is no Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. They're given the same spots. They're going to be given the same chance. They're in, they're in a competitive AL East. You could see great things. I think Rich Hill's probably really excited about the potential of 2021 for him. I think that they... I think I think Rich Hill's just confused that people still want him to pitch for them. I think that's the big the big thing with Rich Hill. I mean, it, it, I mean he's defying <laughs> all the odds right now. Michael Walker's a really smart pickup by the Yeah, you never you know, never count out the never count out the Rays. They were just they were just there. And like I said, you go down this it's a it's a who's who of like awesome talent when you really look into yeah. it. You go, Let me check that guy out. Whoa, like, you know, Willie Adamas, Mike Brossow, G Man Choi, Yandy Diaz, Brandon Lowe, Randy Arezarena, Kevin Kiramaya, Manuel Margot, and Austin Meadows. Like, those are guaranteed major league baseball talent. That's a great team. Let me ask you this question, Johnny. I just found this out the other day, but who do you think of on this Rays roster has been there the longest, the longest tenured Ray? That's a good question. It's it's not the, it's not a trick. It's a trick question, though. It wouldn't be Mike Zanino, would it? No, no, because he's the oldest guy on the roster, but he was not been there the longest. <laughs> I think Rich mm. Hill's older than him, right? What? Oh yeah, well Rich Hill now. I don't know. You you stumped me. Kevin Kiermeyer. Kiermeyer. Seven seasons he's been wow. with the Rays. Which is a long time in he Tampa He was not Bay. on any was radar for nearly five of those seasons. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's a terrific he's a terrific outfielder, and he's got some pop, and they obviously like him there in, in Tampa Bay. Well, let's move way north now to our Canadian representative, but they won't be that far away from Tampa Bay. They're, of course, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be playing their season this year in Florida, so not far from Tampa due to travel restrictions in and out of Canada. So there'll be three teams in Florida. And I thought of this as an interesting kind of question to lead off this Jays question. Who is the best team in Florida? You've got the Marlins, <laughs> you've got the Rays, and now, weirdly, you've got the Toronto Blue Jays. Who do you take? I'm going with the Jays on this one. Same here. Yeah, I like the Jays a lot. I think they. I think Fangraphs uh, actually gives them a pretty decent evaluation. They say that they're going to have a 53.6% chance to make the playoffs. That's second in the AL East. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think that they have the framework of a contender right now. Another season of Vladdy Jr. You know, what, you know, is he going to have a breakout season? It's been a little touch and go here and there. We've seen flashes of brilliance. Um, He's lost between 20 and 25 pounds and should be in the best shape of his career. You got another year of him. You got another year of Kevin Biggio. You got another year of uh, Bichette. And they've added a bunch of great players like George Springer, Marcus Simeon. Uh, they've shored up their bullpen with Kirby Yates. He's coming out uh, in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, they've added some pretty decent starters if they can stay healthy. T- Tyler Chatwood, Robbie Ray, Steven Matz. Uh, also, uh, Ross Stripling, uh, Hunjin Ryu, they're coming back. Um, so that rotation is going to look pretty good. Look, whether whether they put it together this year or next year, they're going to be they're going to be good. But I'm just looking at this squad and I'm thinking like they've got the pieces and the front office knows it too because they were literally involved in every single free agent conversation out there from Justin Turner to Trevor Bauer, Marcus Simeon, George Springer. I mean, they were in on everybody and they got what they wanted. They got they they got two really solid bats in Simeon and Springer. You put them into an already potent offense. We didn't even talk about Teoscar uh, Hernandez. That guy's awesome too. 
Maurice Gurriel Jr., another well, name that you didn't mention, who's an incredible young talent right. they've got there. Randall Gritchuk's in your starting lineup, any other ball club in in, in the majors. They yep. locked him up. They've committed to Randall a few years ago, and that's a deal that's really worked to their benefit to then kind of try and groom some of these younger guys. I think I think that they've got a lot of potential, which is why, you know, talking earlier about teams like the Red Sox, I think Fangraphs, I think Fangraphs has got this one wrong. I think the the Jays have just as good a chance of maybe being second in this division. I think maybe our predictions are going to go a bit wonky here in a second, but to f- put it finally, just George Springer, Marcus Simeon, you've got a young core of talent, great ball club in Toronto. They're playing in Florida this year, but of course they are the representatives for Canada. One more thought on the Toronto Blue Jays, Jake. Yeah, just one more quick thought. I think that Fangraphs has the order of the division right, but I don't think that well, the way they have it, the Yankees are running away with this division. I don't think that's happening at all. I think that the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Rays are going to give the Yankees a run for their money. And if the Yankees aren't healthy, look out. Well, let's get to our projections then, because I, I fear that the Yankees won't be as healthy. I also don't think that the, I don't rate the Red Sox as much as other people do. I'd love to hear your take. How do you think it ends in the AL East? I think it ends how they have it on on fan graphs, but I think it's I think it's going to be closer than we think. I think that it's going to be Yankees, Blue Jays, could be you could flop Rays, Red Sox. It could be either or. You could see and and honestly, you could see the Rays finish second and the Blue Jays finish third. But I'm going to go Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Rays, and Orioles. You can be surprised to hear this one out of me, but I think the Rays win the East this year. I think they wow, come out. Wow, that top. is a that is a scalding hot take. It's a big take. I think it's Rays, Jays, Yanks, Red Sox, Orioles in that order. Jesus, you the Yankees are finishing I'm, third, Johnny. I've got the Yankees finishing third because I do think they have a problem with uh, they'll have a problem with injuries. DJ Lemayhew's coming back, but DJ's not Aaron Judge. DJ's not Giancarlo Stanton. And when you take some of those guys out, it just suddenly you're stuck there. You've got a ton of money going to, to Garrett Cole. Severino's a question mark as a starting pitcher. You don't have the reliability of Tanaka. I'm not buying the Yankees on paper as much as anybody else is. Maybe it's bold to say that the Rays, because the Rays could surprise everyone. That's the reason I'm taking them to win the the division. And I, I see the Yankees having problems. I see them struggling in series against some of these. I don't see them just dominating the whole East because it's too competitive. So yeah. big take, Rays, Jays, Yanks, Sox, Orioles. That's me. Wow. Okay. Okay. You <laughs> Maybe know, don't, I'll don't, look back on this one and really laugh honestly, about it. But I'm I'm going for the I'm going for a wild one on this one because I think yeah. that I think that it's that much up in the air. I think that it's that unpredictable, um, well, especially with the potential for injury. I wouldn't say that too loudly, Johnny. You're right outside Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I do need to change my Zoom filter, don't I? I'll make, I'll make it Tropicana Field right now. Tampa Bay wins the. Let's go now to the American League Central, and we'll start with the team that I know you're excited about, Jake. Why don't you tell me about the Chicago White Sox? I'm going to give you a hot take right out the gate. I think the White Sox are going to win the AL pennant this year. Wow, big take. Yeah, I think I, I think they have it. I think they have the I think they have the the right combination. I mean, we've been seeing this team come together. Um, we've seen flashes of brilliance, but like God, they have. Nine of MLB's top 100 players on their team. The only other team that has that many top 100 players on their team are the Dodgers. And so when you look at those nine, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, reigning AL MVP, Eloy Jimenez, Yon Moncada, Yasmani Grandal, old friend. They added Liam Hendricks, uh, Lucas Giolito. They added Lance Lynn. And then their, their outfield phenom, Luis Robert. I mean, those guys are great. Not to mention, they, you know, they've got Dallas Keuchel, they've got Dylan Cease, they got Carlos Rodon, uh, Reynaldo Lopez, um, Tony La Russa is the new manager there in Chicago, which was an odd hire. And if you think about it this way, which I, I looked this up, this is crazy. Tony La Russa, the last time, because he used to manage for the White Sox, the last time he managed a game for the White Sox was June 19th, 1986, and not a single player on his current 40-man roster was even born yet. So he's been around a long time. <laughs> uh, also, uh, to also make feel to make him feel a little bit older, Carlton Fisk 
played for the White Sox that day, and he's now 73 years old. So that's what uh, Tony La Russa is dealing with there in Chicago. I think Tony's he's got he's got some experience. He's got some World Series experience. Um, he may be he's the, literally the, a Hall of Famer. I mean, you're yeah. talking about a guy that's one of the best baseball minds. I don't think. Yeah. I don't care. You know, I don't care what kind of state he's in or how old he gets. You're lucky to have a guy like him managing your squad, and I think that he could impart some real wisdom to some of these young players. I think that you're talking yeah. about a young core of players, which is why they're trying to do something really exciting and a kind of. I got to be honest, in, in kind of the sleepiest division in the major leagues for me, and and, and they got to try and shake it up. The Twins have been to the postseason and not been able to do anything. Can this White Sox team challenge? And I think that the two keys for me, and you mentioned them, it's Jose Abreu and Dallas Keuchel. They could kind of throw this team on their shoulders, and if they play really well enough, they could they could bolster everyone around them. Uh, yeah, put the mind of Tony Larusa behind them. They could be a real real force in the Central. I I also think that Fangrass has this wrong. I you know because they have the Twins and the White Sox neck and neck. They have the Twins making the playoffs at 65.5% and the White Sox at 60.5% to make the playoffs. I I think the White Sox are, at least on paper, they're, they're a better team than the Twins. Um, I just think that because the Twins have, you know, sort of consistently been the, at the top of the AL Central for a couple seasons now, they're giving them the edge. But look out. I mean, if... None of these guys that I'm looking at, by the way, have like huge injury questions either. So they're all going to be on the field. And, you know, if they all play up to their potential, this is this is a scary, scary team to go through. If you're any any team uh, in the AL. The Cleveland Indians see a big smile leave the shortstop position. They've called called him Mr. Smile in Cleveland. Francisco Lindor now in New York met. It's different days in Cleveland. What do you expect from the Indians this year, Jake? Well, it was a weird offseason for the Indians because, like you mentioned, they got rid of Lindor. They also got rid of uh, Carlos Carrasco, and uh, Carlos Santana is gone. It was It's a weird one for me because it seemed like the Indians have a team that is a you know contending type of team. I mean, if you take a look at their rotation— uh, even after losing Clevenger and and Bauer a uh, season ago, they still have the AL Cy Young Award winner, reigning AL Cy Young winner, Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, Aaron Savale, Tristan McKenzie, who's a young guy in the rotation. Um, th- th- those are great starters. So to me, it seemed very strange why they would give up their the cornerstone, the heart and soul of their team uh, and not get much back for him. Um, it's just weird. And then I thought, okay, so kind of similarly to the Cubs, I thought, okay, this team, it looks like they're selling. Maybe they, you know, they want to get younger or whatever, but then they go out and they sign, uh, Eddie Rosario, uh, former twin, uh, who's a big bat. So now it's like, okay, so you're selling, but you're buying. It doesn't really make sense. They still have Jose Ramirez, who is an unbelievable talent at third base. Very underrated. Uh, Fran Mel Reyes is going to be their DH. Eddie Rosario. So they've got a pretty decent middle of the order. Um, but again, it's not as menacing as as, as if they had uh, Lindor and uh, Santana in that lineup. What happened to Santana? Where did he go? He went to the Royals. He went to the Royals. Man, interesting. Within the same... Um division i think shane bieber's a, a really great young great pitcher zach plesak they're hoping to be the number two starter uh for the club in cleveland i think terry francona's a legend and and one thing i was going to note it's kind of general note about the whole of the al central you want to talk about some major managerial talent francona tops that list for me followed shortly by la Russa, uh mike matheny aj hinch and uh, Rocco Baldelli, of course, in Minnesota. So I think as far as divisions go, you've got some incredible major league talents. If Francona lends himself to that. And by the way, Francona, I just found this out the other day, which I found fascinating when you consider how much turnover there is with teams that don't perform well um, or to their standards. Francona's been with the team since 2012. That's a long time for a manager to be to be with a team that that made, you know, won World Series and didn't win it. Francona broke the curse in Boston. So they they obviously are very high on him as a leader. Um, but again, my, my two big questions here. The, the starting rotation is going to be fine. 
Um, but the offense, where's the offense going to come from besides Jose Ramirez? Absolutely. And, and, and what's going to happen in the bullpen? There's just too many question marks there. And I think that, you know, the Royals, when we talk about them, I think the Royals will, you know, cause they're not as, you know, highly projected as the Indians are. I think the Royals could leapfrog the Indians in this division. Well, let's get into it with the Royals then, shall we? I think that they're, they're a really interesting team to me. Um, Mike Matheny at the helm as well. I think they've, they've made a couple of exciting additions in Andrew Benatendi. I think for your money in the central, it's a great outfield of Andrew Benatendi, Jorge Soler, and Michael A. Taylor, who also joins the club. He formerly played for the Nationals. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting, interesting moment in Kansas City. They'd love to get back to the World Series like they did in 2015. That was a really memorable one with Salvador Perez. You know, still there, veteran now, cat in the catching helm. What do you make of the Royals? I like the Royals. I really do. I think I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. I think they may be at least one year away from contending, but they could surprise me this year and and turn it around. Fangraphs only gives them a 10% chance to make the playoffs. Um, but given their offseason moves, I think they may have a little bit of a better shot than that. I love the move of Andrew Benatendi. That's not just like a stopgap. He's pretty young. Uh, he's still in his 20s, so I think that that's more of a long-term move for them. Um, don't know why the Red Sox traded him away, but um, they have him. They have Carlos Santana, who's going to shore up that offense. They still have Jorge Soler, Salvador Perez, Whit Merrifield, uh, Alberto Mondesi, uh, and they just extended their third baseman, Hunter Dozier. So that tells me that they are committed to this squad. They're willing to put the money into their team to keep these guys around, which I love seeing that with these. I love seeing that with teams. I don't like seeing teams like the Marlins or the Pirates who just just basically gut the whole thing. Salvador Perez is still there. Um, their their starting rotation is interesting. Danny Duffy, uh, Mike Miner, Brad Keller, Irvin Santana uh, coming back. That's my big question mark for them though is the pitching. Um, they, the, it just doesn't look as scary as some of these other pitching rotations, especially when you look at what the twins have and what the white Sox have in this division. Uh, the, the, the pitching for the Royals just doesn't stack up, but Johnny, before I turn it over to you, they did add, uh, Greg Holland and Wade Davis, huge arms that won them the world series a few years yes. ago. So maybe they can re they, they can find that success again. Cause since leaving Kansas city, they've not been finding that success. You literally read my mind as I think you've read my mind through the Zooms. Uh, Greg Holland and Wade Davis coming back to the Royals. I think that you, you hit on an interesting point. They're going to they're gonna score runs. I think oh, that was a problem for the Indians. I don't know how they're going to score enough runs, but they've got decent pitching. It's a kind of flip problem for the Royals. They're going to score some runs. They've got to make sure that their starting pitching does the job. A lot of question marks, to be honest, in Detroit. So to Detroit and to the Tigers, what do you think... Uh, apart from the, with the exception, of course, of Miguel Cabrera, who I think is Hall of Fame bound with, without any kind of question, what is success for this year's Tigers? Well, I think what success looks like is is AJ Hinch and his new coaching staff really trying to get a look at what they have there and where where they think they can go with this team. They have a lot of young, really good talent. One of the big questions that I'm looking at is. Uh, starting pitcher Michael Fulmer. Can he make a rebound? Um, from 2016 to 2018, he made 75 starts. And during that span, he had double digit wins in two seasons and a combined ERA well under four. But unfortunately, he's he's hit the injury bug. He's, he's dealt with a knee injury and Tommy John surgery. And so that's kept him sidelined for a couple of years. Um, and his initial return last season didn't go well. Uh, he made 10 starts uh, in 878 ERA. Uh, he allowed a whopping 45 hits in 27 and two-third innings. So he's a guy that they like at the top of their rotation. Um, but they but it looks like they're going to use a six-man rotation. So Fulmer's going to be there. Uh, Spencer Turnbull, Matthew Boyd, Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize is actually a guy I really am excited about. He's one of their top pitching prospects. Um, Michael Fulmer is going to be in there, like I said, and Jose Urania. You mentioned him, Johnny. The The biggest reason for me to watch the Detroit Tigers, if you're not a Tigers fan, is Miguel Cabrera. Because like you said, he is a, he's not only a Hall of Famer, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And this year he could attain two huge milestones. He he is just 13 
home runs away from 500 and 134 hits away from 3,000. He could do both this year. I think for sure he gets the 500. Whether or not he stays healthy enough to get 134 hits is another question. But if he's healthy, he'll get those hits. I mean, he's a hitting machine. Um, I think if you look at you know him and, and Albert Pujols, kind of same era. Those two guys, you, you don't get better than that. You don't. You don't. You don't. You're not going to find a better, a better right-handed hitters than those guys over their careers, and they've played essentially in the same era. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this team is full of a lot of of young guys, and so I think AJ Hinch is going to look at what he has and see what direction they want to go in. I think it's a rebuild for sure, but I think that there's you know there's opportunity, there's potential. Uh, an amazing franchise that's obviously helped Miguel Cabrera. I think that if they could, if they could have a look at the, themselves this season and kind of take a step back and say, "Look, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to get to the World Series this year. What if we take a look at some of the opportunities and some of the players that we could bring in?" I think that you know a conversation we were having earlier is that Yuenes Cespedes and Yasiel Puig are still out there, and they're two bats that you know you look at risk and you look at reward. Maybe you, maybe if you're a team that's a bit more of a contender than the Tigers, you think I'll spend a million dollars and guarantee Yuenes Cespedes playtime to get some kind of bat and some kind of production out of him maybe it's not the right move for the tigers it might be the right move for somebody like the royals um but probably not the twins the twins have certainly enough firepower in their team of course they made it to the playoffs last year they they're known for hitting home runs they call themselves the bomber squad uh, unfortunately, they've not been able to get it done in the postseason. 18 consecutive losses in the playoffs, the most cons- the most in any North American franchise. Unbelievable statistic. How do the Twins come and continue to dominate this Central, Jake? Oh man, if you're a Twins fan, it's got to be it's got to be frustrating because it's one thing if you're a fan of a team that never makes the playoffs, but as a Dodgers fan. Making the playoffs is just, you know, another day at the ballpark. You expect your team to make the playoffs, but the frustrating thing is, is not being able to win. So honestly, I don't know how, how any Twins fans out there can stomach them going to the playoffs again. And unfortunately for them, they got upset in the dumb three game playoff series where they expanded the the playoffs and the, and the Astros were able to beat them. Um, it's just so unfortunate that they had a, such a, such a great season to end that way. But, uh, the twins are exciting. Once again, they, they're, you know, they're going to have the core of Jose Barrios, Kenta Maeda, who was a, a Cy Young candidate, uh, last season. Um, they brought back Nelson Cruz, uh, Josh Donaldson, who came back from an injury, uh, was coming back from injury last year. So he'll be back, hopefully healthy. Uh, Max Kepler is a, a, a all world talent, uh, Miguel Sano. Uh, they also brought in uh, Andrelton Simmons, which is a nice move there uh, at shortstop. Um, and then their rotation too; those guys that they have, uh, Randy Randy Dobnak, who's an interesting starter, uh, and J.A. Happ. The one guy that uh, that I wanted to highlight real quick is the Twins believe their top outfield prospect, Alex Kirilov, could be ready to take over in left field, which is why I think they thought, okay, we'll we'll let Eddie Rosario walk. Uh, and 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 he went with the Indians because Kirilov is ready. He's 23 years old. He put up an impressive slash line, 317 batting average, 365 on base, 498 slugging, with 36 home runs and 177 RBIs in three years in the minors. So he's tore up the minor leagues. Uh, the Twins think that they can bring him up to the majors, and hopefully he'll continue that tear uh, once he gets with the big ball club. Uh, the Central has been dominated by the Twins. Do you think that they're able to do it again this year? What are your projections on how this one ends up, Jake? Yeah, I think they do, but I think the White Sox are better. Uh, I think the White Sox have a better team than they do overall. Um, there there are some injury questions uh, with Josh Donaldson. I think it, you know losing him again for another season would be huge. Um, you know how much is Nelson it, Nelson Cruz seems to get better with age, so I'm, I'm not too worried about him. Um, but but uh, but a big question is going to be their bullpen. I know that they. Uh, are expecting Taylor Rogers to have a bounce back year. Um, they brought in Alex Colomay, who was the White Sox closer to shore up the pen, and they brought in Hansel Robles from the uh, Angels. Um, so they're they're trying to put their bullpen together. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a big question mark: is their is their bullpen and their health? But I think overall, from what I'm seeing, I think the White Sox are are going to win this division. 
So give me a one, two, three, four, five. What are your projections? What do you predict? All right, so we'll go. We'll go. White Sox one, Minnesota two. They're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be one of the wild card teams. Uh, and then I'm going to go Royals, Indians, Tigers. We're identical. White Sox, Twins, Royals, Indians, Tigers. I think that that's kind of how it paints itself on paper. We will have to see. That's why they play the games, right, Jake? Exactly. Got to play one sixty-two. We'll round it up. The final division, the AL West. Let's start with these Houston Astros. The Astros were, I mean, you, you might forget it, but we got a lot of storylines, you know, in 2020. They were a win away from getting back to the World Series. It could have been Dodgers and Astros again. Kind of amazing. You know, Dusty Baker's come back and taken over this squad, and I think that he's one of the, one of the a real gem in the game. What do you think of the Houston Astros, Jack? Well... It's hard. It's really hard for me to evaluate these players because I know at at the core, I know that they are good ball players. You know, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Altuve, Gurriel. I know those guys are good ball players, but it's really hard to evaluate them from my perspective, just based on the 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 cheat all the cheating they were doing for the, all those years. Uh, of course, that title in 2017 will be forever tainted. Um, and I guess Major League Baseball found that that would be punishment enough. I disagree with that. But anyway, um, I think that the Astros are going to be good this year. There are a lot of um, mysteries, uh, I would say, in terms of their health. Uh, unfortunately, they will not be with uh, Justin Verlander this year. He had Tommy John surgery on September 30th, so he's going to miss the whole season. And then just recently, the other day, Framber Valdez, one of their breakout starters, uh, just fractured his finger uh, in a spring training game off the bat of uh, Francisco Lindor. So well, that changes a lot for them, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Those it two does. guys were key for their rotation. That, t- that changes yeah. a lot. When you look at this rotation, I'm just kind of underwhelmed. Uh, Zach Greinke, you know, good veteran arm. Lance McCullers, he's been so hurt. They picked up Pedro Baez from the Dodgers, so they they went out and tried to shore up their bullpen. But the good news for them is that Jordan Alvarez is coming back, and that guy had a breakout uh, 2019 uh, rookie campaign, and so I'm excited to see what he does when he comes back and if he is fully healthy. They got the best DH in the league if Jordan Alvarez performs. Best DH in the league for me. I think that he's really exciting, unbelievable bat. I think that the National League is more competitive than the American League when we start looking at it as a whole. But the Astros are one of the top top five teams in baseball for me. And also, I'll say this. I mean, Johnny, if you look at the um, free agent shortstop crop of 2022, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, you've got Lindor, you've got... Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, just to name a few. Again, one of the big things that uh, that that not that I can knock Correa for is the same thing I can knock Corey Seager for, which is their health. They just can't stay on the field, and 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 um, Correa, who you know has been unbelievable in the, in the regular season and the postseason when he's healthy, that's just been the, his big Achilles heel. Well, they're hoping to get back to the stage they got to. Again, they were only a win away from a World Series last year. The Astros hoping to get back to that spot again. The team that's going to hope to try and spoil that for them and has always tried to be competitive in this AL West is, of course, the team just a couple of freeways south from us here, the Anaheim Angels. What's it going to take for these Angels to get to the playoffs? I mean, they've got the best, they've got essentially the best talent in baseball at Mike Trout. But they don't have a proper starting rotation for me. They've gone out. They went out and got Anthony Rendon after he won a World Series with the Nationals. T- tough, you know, shortened season, injury. I think he added some injury stuff. Rendon didn't perform like he could. The big one for me in the, you know, we, we all, everyone talks about Mike Trout. Shohei Hotani is one of the most unique players, one of the most interesting storylines that has been absolutely lost on this game. Someone who can pitch and hit at a major league level, at an elite level. And we've not been able to see... I think this year we do have finally and truly an unrestricted Shohei Hotani, a reason that I'm going to be checking in on the Angels. What's it going to take? The Angels, check. I think you hit it right on the head, Johnny. You know, 
It's not so much that it's been a long playoff drought for the Angels. They've not been able to make the postseason, but it's the storyline is Mike Trout. When you have a guy who is now in the prime of his career, how many more years can he put up these ridiculous numbers? How many more years do they have? It's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate for Angels fans. It's unfortunate for baseball fans. And it's unfortunate for people who are on the cusp of becoming baseball fans because Mike Trout is not in the playoffs. What if, take LeBron James, for example. What if every season that dude doesn't make the playoffs? What I mean, you're you're basically withholding the best player in the sport from the national stage. It's a fascinating comparison, but it's proof of... The ability of an individual in a game like baseball, it does require a team. The know, team. It, it's a team sport, you know? Right. That, and the Angels haven't been able to piece it together. They put him next to one of the living legends in the game, in Albert Pujols. Every year they go out and try and figure something out. They try and go and get some guys. They try and fi- make it work. In. And, and, and we're talking about nine full seasons for Mike Trout of being the in the top five players in baseball most of the time making being ranked the number one nine full seasons of Mike Trout being incredibly dominant and he's locked up there he's there another eight years I think a lot more of Mike Trout in Anaheim but how how many more years can they stand for this to be the storyline well I I don't know and I don't know how much longer Mike Trout can stand it I don't know if he is going to at some point within the next couple seasons if they don't put this together is he going to request a trade and the thing about the Angels is that they have an unbelievable lineup with Mike Trout and Upton and Pujols and they got Joe Adele coming up Dexter Fowler Fowler added in the off Dexter Fowler in the off season uh, David Fletcher Shohei Hotani um, yeah. so they've, they've got a stacked offense. Their, their pitching is, is the issue. And the, and, and again, I'll say this again, I've said this a million times, but like, it, it is a shocker to me that they were not in seriously in the conversation for Trevor Bauer, because you put him yeah. in that rotation yeah. and immediately, I think the angels are the favorites in the AL West. To me, this division's wide open and for the angels to not capitalize on that. Um, so there are so many ways in which the Angels could make the playoffs, and the fact that they didn't go out there and address their starting pitching is mind-boggling. Andrew Heaney, Dylan Bundy, and Jose Quintana are a one, two, three in that lineup. Which is fine. That's they're fine. Good, That's not going to get it done, though. It's, it's not, not going to get it done. It's not, not going to put get down it done. the Astros. Andrew Heaney is too injury-prone. Dylan Bundy, I like him a lot. Jose Quintana is getting older. They also got Alex Cobb, um, which like please um, Shohei Otani. Is he going to be able to pitch? I don't know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he he's hopefully pitch. he's healthy Please. enough to pitch. Yeah. Hopefully, who knows? They lost Andrelton Simmons and they gained Jose Iglesias, so they downgraded their offensively at shortstop. So uh, I don't know. It's it's really interesting out in Anaheim, and it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's frustrating. a it, I, yeah. if you're an Angels fan, this is frustrating. I'm frustrated for him. Yep. Yeah. The Oakland Athletics, I think, are always one of baseball's more interesting teams. They always seem to kind of scrap something together uh, they've got one of the best minds in baseball and billy bean for me up in the office what what do you think the athletics need to do to be to make this make this west more competitive as you say it's wide open do they do the a's have a chance i think they have a chance and i think that they have a better chance than people are giving them credit for and i'll read you something real quick that i just discovered which i thought was really really telling so Take a look at the A's. They're projected to be third in the AL West, which I think is is just a slap in the face to this organization. Similarly with the Rays, like you could just never count out these uh, the, these teams that are working on you know smaller budgets that are able to put together contenders. Pakota projects they'll win seventy nine games. That's awful. That won't get it done. And Fangraphs has them uh, like I just mentioned twenty one percent shot at the postseason. So it should be noted though that both of those sites projected a third-place finish for the A's over the last three seasons. And what do they do over the last three seasons? They secured two wildcard spots, 2018 and 2019, and they won the division in 2020. So you really can never count this team out. The A's made some interesting moves. They added Elvis Andrews, so they made a trade with the with the Rangers. Uh, so he's going to be their shortstop. They lost Marcus Simeon, so they needed to, they needed to replace him somehow. They added Sergio Romo, Yusmero Petit, Mike Fires, and uh, interestingly Trevor Rosenthal. They went out and paid him eleven million dollars to be in their bullpen, and they made a trade with the Dodgers, getting lefty Adam Kalerik. So these are really interesting names. They're not scary names. 
If you look, though, I mean, they've got a really great young arm in Jesus Lozardo. Uh, Sean Murphy is a really good catcher. Um, Mark Canha, uh, Ramon Laureano, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. I mean, these, this is a great core. The fact that they're given 21% chance to make the playoffs is insane. I mean, this is this is a slap in the face of this organization that is is going to perform way better than what they're given uh, credit for. That makes me interested to hear your projections. I, I think that, you know, the, the t- it's the story of the Mats for me. Chapman and Olsen are two huge bats in their lineup that need to perform. I think Sean Manea is a really important pitcher for Oakland. He's kind of dropped off, but you remember he started that wild card game for them. What was that, two, three years ago? He's mm-hmm. he's still there in Oakland and still performing. Stephen Piscotti, Mark Kahana, Ramon Laureano. I think you're, you're looking at some young talent in the outfield. I think it's interesting. I, I think you rate them really highly, though. You, you, you seem to think that Oakland has a chance to win this West. Oh, yeah. I mean, this West is wild, a wild West, and it's wide open right now. And I, I could see the Mariners winning this damn thing. Like it, We it talked is... earlier about the Puig and Cespedes, the risk and the reward of trying to go and get a Puig, trying to get a Cespedes. Is that a risk that you think the Oakland A's would be willing to take? It's yeah, I think I think I think it could possibly. I don't know what their what their payroll situation is or their luxury tax situation is, but but possibly um, on on that front on the Cespedes uh, Yasiel Puig front, I think it would make sense for a team that maybe thinks that that they may not have a shot to win, but could add them to their team to essentially prove themselves. And if they have a really good first half, then they could deal them at the deadline to a contender yeah. and get some yeah. good stuff back for them. Well, a team that is probably not in it this year, but they are definitely looking to the future, is the Seattle Mariners. Um, James Paxton, the big Maple Leaf, is coming back to Seattle. He, of course, pitched for them coming back. And and we talked about the the Mats of Oakland with Matt Olson and uh, Matt Chapman. It's all about the Kyles in Seattle with Kyle Seeger and Kyle Lewis. They got they got a lot to do to kind of get back into. They've got a lot to do. <laughs> period. You know, what do you think of these Seattle Mariners this year, Jake? Yeah, I mean, just as the Dodgers had been hearing about 1988 forever, the Mariners have been hearing about 2001 forever. That's the last time they made the playoffs. They won 116 games that year and then got knocked out in the division series. So they have had a sour taste in their mouths for a long time. So could this be the first time that the Mariners make the playoffs? I don't know. It's possible. I mean, I think that this division is is set up in a way in which anybody could win it. But I think the Mariners would really have to all come together. And I'm not just talking about Kyle Lewis, the reigning uh, rookie of the year, but they've got a really, really good underrated ace in Marco Gonzalez. This guy, Johnny, is 32-0 and when he's given a three-run lead. Think about that for a second. He pitches for the Seattle Mariners. Wow. They don't, they don't score runs for anybody. But when he's on the mound, he wins games. So that rotation is headed up by Marco Gonzalez. Uh, they got Yusei Kikuchi and Justice Sheffield. Pretty decent starting rotation. It's not going to you know, strike fear into the hearts of anybody. But adding James Paxton to that rotation on a one-year deal is a nice little uh, stopgap thing for you know allowing some of their other guys to come through. But I really like this team. And I think after what happened with... Their uh, CEO and president, Kevin Mather, mouthing off and talking about all of this stuff that you're not supposed to stay, say out loud, like like service time manipulation and attacking guys for not being able to speak English and like just whole rant he went on with the Rotary Club. What a terrible situation that was. But it did bring to light a lot of things that were, you know, sort of hush hush under the rug, like service time manipulation. And I'm really excited to see what happens with this guy, Jared Kellenick, because that's the guy that that guy Mather was talking about. This guy Kellenick is supposed to be unbelievable. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing him make his debut. Now, according to Mather, before he stepped down as the president and CEO, he said that Kellenick was not going to make the opening day roster because then it would start his service time. And he essentially said that because Kellenick rejected a six-year offer from the Mariners that was very team-friendly and not player-friendly. So I'm really excited to see him uh, take the stage. I really like this team. If I was an American League fan, I'd be rooting for the Mariners because this is a really exciting team to get behind. 
exciting for sure, and the and the pipeline's really strong. The prospects are really strong. You look at teams that say they're going through a rebuild, and fans can kind of sometimes kind of get down on that. They can get a bit dreary. Oh, it's going to be years and years long. The truth is, you enter a rebuild phase. You don't know how long it will last, but when it turns over, it happens quickly. You look at what the Braves did with Acuna Jr. and uh, the, their young core there. That happened a year earlier than it should have. Him and Ozzy Albies were paired together to kind of be like this up-and-coming part of the Braves, and they really clicked. And so when you're in a rebuild phase, it can seem like it can drag on forever, but in the same way, it can turn around just as quickly. So I think my Mariners, are, the Mariners are my pick for, for something like that to happen. Let's head now to the team in Arlington. The Rangers made some additions in the offseason. Uh, the club from Arlington, Texas, Jake, what do you make of the Texas Rangers? Hey, um, they have uh, a 0.8% chance to make the playoffs, according to Fangrass. I think that's fair for them. Um, they certainly lost a lot of players in the offseason. Uh, we mentioned Lance Lynn. He got traded to the White Sox. Corey Kluber, we mentioned, went to the Yankees. Mike Miner went to the Royals. Elvis Andrews went to the A's. Todd Frazier went to the Pirates. And, and Shin Soo Chu uh, went back to Korea. So they're missing a lot of players they also don't have Nomar Mazzara anymore um they kind of were sour on him but the guys they did add are interesting so they added um a Japanese free agent pitcher by the name of Kohei Arihara who is uh, an interesting pick for them uh he spent six seasons pitching in Japan they signed him to a two-year six million dollar deal he's 28 years old Another guy they added uh, was Mike Fultonevich, who could be on the rebound. He sort of uh, had a, a, a sort of a steep drop off when he was pitching for the Braves. Uh, first baseman uh, Nate Lowe, uh, who they got from the Tampa Bay Rays, he's an interesting guy. They also added Charlie Culberson, uh, David Dahl from the Rockies, uh, Chris Davis, uh, the Chris Davis with a K uh, from the Oakland A's, and then they also got Dane Dunning, which was in the trade. Uh, for Lance Lynn. So they added a bunch of pieces, but again, the the, the guy to really watch out for is going to be Joey Gallo. I mean, he's their big star. Uh, he had a kind of a down 2020. He hit 181, 10 home runs, 26 RBIs. 40 homers in 2019, Joey Gallo. Huge part yeah. of their team. And I think that the, the, you mentioned Chris Davis, Crush Davis with a K. Uh, two power bats. Talk about storylines and players to keep an eye on, reasons to, reasons to watch Rangers games for me. At bats from Chris Davis and from Joey Gallo, the pitching yeah. is a question mark for me. Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles, I don't know. A lot of question marks for the Texas Rangers. And Jake, I don't know if you can believe it, but we've covered all thirty Major League Baseball teams here on the All American Brit Podcast. I want to thank you for that endeavor. We've only got one thing left to do, which is make our prediction on how we think the AL West will shape out. I'm going wild again on this one. You, you might find it a bit, bit interesting. We were Rangers are winning the division, no. huh? <laughs> uh, we were, we were essentially identical except for one difference on the NL. Uh, we're, we're quite different on the AL. How do we, how do we, how do we compare here on in the West? What do you make of the All AL right. West? One, two, AL three, four, West. Five. Give it to me. I, I, I've sort of been going back and forth as we've been talking here, but after my impassioned uh, plea or my impassioned takes. On the Oakland A's, I think they're going to finish a lot better than what we think. So I think the A's are going to win this division again. And I think that the Astros are are going to finish second and the Angels will finish third. Um, and then the Mariners and then the Rangers. I just don't believe in the Angels. I just don't. They've had a really good offense for the last couple of seasons and they're just their pitching is just really unfortunate. Um, so again... A's, Astros, Angels, Mariners, Rangers. I think that's really strong. I think I think that you're right on. That's a really informed. I think I'm going a bit more with my heart than my head on this one. It's what I would like to see happen versus what I think will. I think the Angels will be the top team in the West. They get something done. They have Shohei Otani come and you know be, become their ace, or they add a pitcher. If they add a pitcher to me, I think they could they could and they keep everyone healthy. I think they could end up winning this division, followed then by the Oakland A's, followed then by the Astros, and then the Mariners and the Rangers. And okay. the Rangers. So, so that's my uh, that's my pick. I will say one thing, though, with the Angels. I'm going to count them out every single season until they prove me wrong. So that's where I stand with the Angels. That's fair. 
Well, I hope they prove. I hope they prove a lot of people wrong because, again, like we talked about before, Mike Trout. Mike Trout is one of the most incredible talents in this entire league. The whole baseball world should watch him. Look, we we covered all thirty teams. We touched on every single one of them. What what a what a thing, Jake! I really appreciate you joining the podcast and doing this with me. I, I'm really looking forward to the major league season. How about you? You know, Johnny. MLB Network does 30 clubs in 30 days, and we did 30 clubs in two days. So I think I think our batting average is a little better. <laughs> I really appreciate you joining the show, mate, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, dude, anytime. I mean, this is great. I did a lot of it was a lot of homework that you assigned me to do, but uh, I think I think you know we're we're better off for it. Cheers, mate. For the All-American Brit Podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network, I am your host, Johnny McEwen. Be sure to follow me at AABritPod on Instagram and Twitter. Again, thanks to my guest, Jake Reiner, all 30 teams in the last two episodes, and there'll be plenty more coming here on the All-American Brit Podcast. Until next time, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.